Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Future of Living podcast. I'm your host, Blake Miller. Today, we've got Luke Lucas on the podcast from T-Mobile. We talk about building your own connection and 5G inside of buildings. Check it out. Luke, welcome to the Future of Living podcast. How are you today? Great. Blake, nice to be with you. Yeah, no, it's uh, always crazy times. We're actually taping this uh, today right after we we wrapped up the T-Mobile Accelerator and, and live broadcast the demo day. So figured why not stack up T-Mobile and get a bunch of pink in my life. Uh, don't forget, that's Magenta. Magenta, my bad. That is, I, I keep forgetting that. I have to, yeah. have to get the company line going, right? It's, it's um, actually a registered color. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I actually see the T-Mobile Center here in Kansas City just got christened, the old Sprint Center. So I see it. it did. I see that magenta out my window. So, um, well, why don't you tell everybody kind of about yourself, how you got to what you're doing today at T-Mobile, which is some really cool stuff. Um, and then we'll talk about 5G and what the future's like. Great. Thanks for that opportunity. So I'm Luke Lucas. I'm Senior Manager of 5G Smart and In-Building Coverage. Um, it is my 25th year at T-Mobile. So yes, when you start at 25 and add 25, um, you work up. You're an OG. I, 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 I'm, I'm an old guy here, but literally, I think I have seen the opportunity as we started to build the outdoor network from a commercial carrier perspective um, on cellular across the U.S. I've now worked in three of the four engineering regions in T-Mobile, eight different city marketplaces. And then wow. the last six years, I've worked my way to headquarters to where initially I worked on the Major League Baseball account. That's oh, cool. when T-Mobile signed that big, broad band of marketing. And we had to then enable all the stadiums to make sure that our customers were connected. But it also gave me, Blake, the transition opportunity to say, after all these years of building indoor coverage, uh, excuse me, outdoor coverage, um, mm -hmm. now's the forefront and the final frontier with indoor. So outdoor to indoor, and I think all of us as uh, as you know, folks in the US have enjoyed connecting uh, from the, the signal outdoors, but now it really is a focal point because we actually have to go to the edge and edge networking is now the key ingredient to indoor space. And that's bringing the signal indoors on a perfected basis. That, that business proposition was a business plan that I presented five and a half years ago. And that was originally called Bring Your Own Coverage. Today, it's branded Build Your Own Coverage. It's really patterned after a fifth utility. And if you think of a utility, water, sewer, gas, electricity, mm -hmm. all those functions are created by the developer, by the builder, once they put your project, your residential project, your commercial project, your industrial project, your retail project together. So no matter where you are in life, you're attending these properties and you're having an expectation of connectivity. So today, the indoor signal is more important than ever. T-Mobile then supplements it and breaks it into two categories. First, we look at the enterprise or the government who controls that indoor space to procure the equipment and the technology and put that in place. Secondarily, then T-Mobile budgets internally to bring that signal source to you. That's what we've licensed to the FCC. And of course, we typically include our fiber connectivity to our switch. Our switch is our brain of the system that then brings you into the total network. So it's been really exciting. And over 25 years, Blake, I've got to tell you, it's finally the sweet spot. Working so hard outdoors, 
now I'm exclusively indoors. And then, of course, we've now evolved from 4G to 5G. And what is 5G? Yeah. 5G is the new platform foundation. It's really, it's a build on the existing platforms that we had when we had 1G. People weren't really aware of that. 2G, still absence. Of what are all mind. these Gs? Like, to, like, break that down. Like, I want to really, that's where I really wanted to dig in here is like, what is this? What is 5G? Why do I need it? And, you know, explain it to me kind of like I'm a five-year-old type of thing, right? Because I'm rocking around with my 4G, my my phone here, and I'm on the T-Mobile network. And it seems pretty fast, like, seems pretty awesome. But, like, what what's what's going on here? So 5G is, is really an evolution. Each G is a upgrade, if, if we could call it. Okay. So, so if we were talking to a classroom of students, um, you know, through each of our lives, we do a number of upgrades. We upgrade our car, we upgrade our housing, we upgrade our clothing, we upgrade, you know, personal effects. Mm-hmm. And so really in technology, we're upgrading and we're enabling from that upgrade. And so when you modernize and upgrade, it then allows you to do additional functions that you didn't have before. It gives you creativity and uh, innovation that you didn't have access to before. Um, and that's really I think the bottom line, Blake, is that there's promise, there's creativity tied to 5G. And I think last but not least, everybody has uh, come accustomed to speed. Mm-hmm. And maybe speed to a certain degree, people don't really need excessive speed. But I do think at, at an industrial level and from a productive level in commerce and business, they will require speed to support the customer and the customer satisfaction in certain industries and businesses. And that's what 5G is enabling. So it benefits everybody. It touches everybody. If you even have just a simple phone that's a 5G capable phone, you will have benefit. If that's an enterprise level, you're going to have much larger benefit. And certainly if you're an industry or a a business sector, um, a marketplace, um, within the U.S. and, of course, globally, um, you're going to then see even more promise a- as mm-hmm. it covers the land. Well, that's the, yeah, that's awesome. That that really helps me kind of understand. I mean, it, it makes sense. We get a new iPhone, or we get the new new phones every year. You know, I think I'm just on an installment plan at this point. Now. I just <laughs> like I'm never own the thing, right? It's just my subscription service for my phone now. Everything is on a yeah. service, right? Talked on the on the podcast a lot about living as a service. How I just basically think everything is basically <laughs> basically a SaaS. Um, but talk to me about what like some people are doing with the early five G networks and and it coming online. Like what are what are some of the most innovative things that you've seen there and some of the companies that you've been working with? Um, what are they doing? What are they using for it? Well, I think the initial thought with five G was that they would use it for safety, security, and compliance. And I think that's where we're starting to see the entry into 5G. So uh, safety is obviously like cameras and monitoring, and and then it may expand into additional sensors that might be able to communicate with you in ways that we haven't had access to before. Do you have a, a water break? Do you have a power failure? Do you have other things? Do you have efficiencies to say, hey, the cooling is running in my building and it's the weekend and there's nobody there. So is excessive air conditioning necessary? 
could you enable that and just simply shut it off? So we've had some of these innovations over the years. You might remember it was called M2M or machine to machine. Yeah. Now that has updated itself and it's called the Internet of Things or IoT. So when we combine the evolutions, we now see all of these things coming into the space as services, as, as electable options that we can then put to, to work um, to be more productive, to have cost efficiencies and savings, as I've mentioned. And again, what does the future hold that today we can't answer, but you and I will say in two years, five years, 10 years from now, how did we ever do without that? Right. Because yeah. somebody invents it. And 5G supported that invention. You know, give give uh, somebody a bigger pipe, they'll just fill it, right? Right. Right. Expanding the canvas is exactly what's happening. Um, you know, we're doing that here in, in Washington State. We created an innovation zone with mm -hmm. the University of Washington, with Microsoft, with a number of other companies oh, cool. to simply say, here's 5G on a blank canvas. What would you paint the canvas with? Yeah. I mean, that was the same mentality when we were doing the smart city technology uh, um, uh, partnership here in Kansas City and originally with Sprint. That was one of the things with the whole uh, of rolling this out is like put the infrastructure out, open it up so people can then innovate on top of it. Let's, you know, right. let's take advantage of it. Um, so it sucks. These stadiums and stuff aren't happening right now and everything. But no. I really want to talk to you about this BYOC because I know you guys have uh, in your kind of uh, job right now, you guys have done some really cool projects. Talk to me. What is BYOC? What is it? Why is it important? And if 5G is everywhere, why do I need it? So uh, build your own coverage was really to close the digital divide on making sure the outdoor signal gets in and gets in officially. So BYOC is just an enabler, as we've discussed, to make sure that there is a way for you to do that. Um, all the carriers subscribe to getting signal indoors, but we really thought that we would take it a step further by educating the marketplace and then also creating a multitude of programs. I, I, I'm a guy that grew up in San Diego and I love ice cream. And I used to love to go to Baskin Robbins because 31 flavors of ice cream gave me an opportunity to kind of sample one. And if I didn't like it, I would go to another. And then when I found my favorite, I'd probably always include my favorite. If we break that down to a wireless technology side, um, indoors now is really become centric under COVID and under civil rights. So we, we've got to make sure that the technology is there. Each and every building owner, operator, tenant may look at technology and that incorporation a little differently. So like Baskin Robbins, we've tried to be creative. We've got our original BYLC program now, Blake. It's you put in the technology, we bring the signal source, you're connected, you're done. Secondarily, we had different locations that said, hey, I'm a public or quasi-public location. And if I can't afford in a budget, this budget cycle, this business year, um, the technology, would T-Mobile help me with that? And we call that BYOC hybrid. And last but not least, um, we found ourselves competing with uh, Verizon and AT&T, where they were simply choosing one option. We now call that option BYOC Express. And the long and short of it is, is that previously, other clients or tenants of BYOC said, 
hey, I went to the other carriers. I wrote one check or gave them a purchase order. I gave them my credit card and I bought the RF. I, I provided the backhaul myself. I'm putting in all the technology. I just want it and I want it quickly. Mm-hmm. And we found that our BYOC program, we take basically about six months to evaluate the need, understand how it fits in the network, work with the enterprise client and their strategic partner, and then internally fund our RF. We also do a similar pattern with BYOC hybrid on the public location. But for the BYOC express program, you can show up today and six or eight weeks from now, you can be enabled with 5G and you've done it all yourself in kind of a self-control mode, almost as if you and I were at the grocery store you know, could we check out with the checker or can we just go through the self-serve line? Mm-hmm. And so BYOC Express is really that third program. Last but not least, we're going to have a fourth program probably in the first part of next year in 2021. And that would be the private network, also known as CBRS or citizen band radio service. Mm-hmm. Part of the spectrum that the FCC allocated is 3.5. That 3.5 spectrum is a preferred spectrum that is licensed only for indoors from your property borderline. So it can be your business footprint. It can be geographically a larger footprint. And it, it functions in a couple of capacities where you can be licensed or you can be unlicensed like a Wi-Fi. And we do think that that will be a greater opportunity. People will still apply to T-Mobile for BYOC, BYOC hybrid, and most likely be expanding in the BYOC Express. But we do think that we're just on the verge of probably a tidal wave hitting the beach of businesses saying, I can really be in control of my technology and my future, and I can enable anything and everything under my own control with a CBRS or a private network offering. So the, help me if I'm a business owner or a building owner, probably better uh, you know suited. You know we work with them at home base. We work with apartment owners, um, you know condo owners, all, all types of stuff. Like you know, my first reaction might be like, well, why do I need to do this? Aren't you guys? Aren't you guys already? I mean, you you just launched five G in Kansas City. Is it is it all here? Why do I need this? What's my value? Like, how, how do I plug this into my spreadsheet um, to see if this can be underwritten? Well, it, well, I think I think as a custom prescription, Blake, I, I think each and every property owner and or or a tenant needs to understand their their needs and their expectations with technology. So, to you and I, we, we you and I both see a lot of customers, a, a, a lot of partners, um, and when you see them, we're helping them assess their needs on an individual custom basis. Um, certainly certain developers, certain owners may say, I have a portfolio of properties and I want to apply technology uniformly across all of those properties. Mm. But I would tell you this, and you know this already, one developer sitting next to another developer, I will be in the room and I will be amazed at the disagreements that they'll have on construction materials, landscaping, paint. I'm uh, shocked that buildings get built. Yeah. I'm, I'm fundamentally... Utterly. Sh- once I've seen behind the the scenes here, I'm shocked that they get built. It, it is amazing, and and that's where I think uniformity and kind of a opportunity kind of clash for us to provide a handful of programs so that someone can then say, for my situation, for my real estate, 
this program fits. And that may have a financial component to it. It may not. Um, but we need to have a variety because in life, especially as Americans, we, we love variety. We love choice. We love opportunity. So we're trying to fulfill that in the BYLC program. That's really cool. So talk to me about like some of these like real applications, right? You've, you, you mentioned some stadiums that you've worked on and everything. What do those look like? And what are the challenges that go into getting these things in these networks? Well, I think it's foundational. Um, first and foremost, we try to coach in at a provisional level um, before we actually land into a stadium for a deployment or into a commercial office building or a multifamily building. Um, we try to be educational in terms of get ready for technology. And we do that in a simple format. First and foremost, at our website, tmobilebyoc.com, we have a couple of checklists, as you know. We have the smart building checklist. We have the smart city checklist. If we focus on the smart building checklist, regardless of stadium or commercial building or multifamily building, um, you want to provision that building to be ready for what we call any G. So mm-hmm. we're, we're in 4G today. We're uh, moving into 5G and we have 5G available to our customers today. But when you look at your real estate, add more power, add more conduit add more fiber, and add more ethernet. If you provision your properties with, with those four basic ingredients and you've increased the amount that your architect or builder has recommended or has, has written into your, your construction documents, you will be ready for the future because all of those paths, the power path, the wire path, the conduit path with the wires, all then brings all the technology together and you're simply doing an upgrade over the years, very similarly to what you do today with your Wi-Fi router. If you have the connection of the wire and the power, you can plug in the box. And within a two to three year cycle, as you and I both know, that Wi-Fi router gets thrown out and you bought a new one to upgrade and you plug in the power Mm -hmm. and the Cat5, Cat6, or the fiber, and boom, you're back in business. That is the basis of our coaching and education to get people to provision that the rest will follow when they're ready and hopefully they'll be ready, you know, sooner than later. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely good advice. We see this a lot too. And I mean, we get involved early on in that developers process where we're trying to you know, do everything from the access control to the Wi-Fi in the building and all these different things. And we're just like, you know, you got to prep for this. Like you, there's going to be certain things that the future isn't just going to have, right? Like why are you putting in a telephone wire? You know, we still see that today on buildings that are going to go live in 2022. And they're like, well, you know, just in case I'm like, well, eh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I think things have moved beyond that. We, we know that we can move forward. But, you know, it's just one example. Um, you know, Luke, we're, we're running out of time, but I want to know, like, you know, you, and you really broke it down well of, of 5G is really another just evolution of like the next phase. It is. But what is 6G? What is 7G? What does that start to look like? Do, do you guys even start thinking about that yet? When we think about it from dimensioning our network, it's very much similar to that conversation that, that you and I just had about developers and property managers provisioning. Yeah, like basically how do you guys provision the provisioning? <laughs> right, so, so we're doing all of those provisioning steps. We don't know until the standards are written, as you well know, mm. for what will be the, the, the basic framework for 6G. 
And we won't get there until about the seventh, eighth, or ninth year as we evolve into 5G. Interesting. But you and I, like smart drivers, we need to immediately know of our surroundings. We need to immediately look down the road. But we probably even need to look at our app to see are there accidents, are there issues that can be addressed 20 miles down the road. And that's the preparation for 6G. Lake is we're trying to envision what and where it's going, what roadblocks we will anticipate, what roadblocks we can get cleared, and where we can be in the basic sweet spot so that as all of this comes together and as the standards are written, and as all the carriers then start to look at, okay, it's the standard is written, how do I adopt it? How do I put it in place? How does that translate out to marketing? How does that eventually come out to the customer experience? All of those things were taking baby steps, and yeah. we will, and we'll continue to do so. But we're right in the throes of the sweet spot that we believe. We're now deploying 5G and actively 5G. People even you know, in recent weeks have said, well, Luke, I'm still waiting for 5G to be launched. And I'll say, 5G? Yeah. I, I have it on my Samsung and Apple will have it in September. Unlike AT&T doing like 5G or whatever it is like that they're they're claiming no it's it's legit i'm on it too i got that's why i upgraded to the the s20 ultra is like people have it it's awesome yeah. yeah so i end up every episode with some of my favorite lightning round questions and one of my favorite yeah. to ask everybody i always kick off with is what particular business or service is going to be completely obsolete in the next 10 years like in other words who is the next blockbuster interesting boy um I don't know. Um, you know, that's a really good question. And with COVID, I think it, it weighs in completely sure. you know, uh, to a, a 90 degree angle that uh, it hits broadside. Um, you know, people that would have probably thought in January, February and March that they would have a good run rate are probably now, you know, questioning whether they're going to be in business. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, I think retail is going to suffer the most. And, and we're going to see the absence of storefront retail and diminished retail um, because people people are more centric online and delivery now. Um, whether Amazon's created that indirectly or directly, we've all become a, a product and a source of that. Sure. Um, so I, that's what I would say. And I think the commercial real estate market is going to have a different landscape. Um, the residential market is going to prosper. People are going to want more amenities. I think the Wall Street Journal article this week shows that there's a, a number of amenities that, you know, are, are yet to be kind of explored, yeah. but will be incorporated into projects. But back to your question, retail, I think yeah. we're going to see an absence of commercial retail. Yeah. And it's sad. It's going to be, it's going to be a sad thing. Hopefully, uh, hopefully something will come good in its place. Maybe a bunch of Shopify stores end up kind of coming, coming back and do just smaller rethought retail, you know? I, I have a feeling it will, it will redimension it to your point. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll see the hundred percent absence of it. There will be some necessity for it. It will be just reprovisioned. It really surprised me that some of these bigger ones, and it's probably that, you know, they, they go bankrupt because of debt and other bad decisions and those things. But it definitely right. surprises me that like the Macy's, of uh, maybe they didn't go bankrupt, but one of those that went bankrupt, whoever did, 
you know, it surprised me they didn't like repurpose themselves faster to be like mini warehouse logistic hubs and some of these things, some of these bigger boxes they had. And it's just like, you know, that that's blockbuster. There you go. Yeah. So well, and and yeah. that that goes back to watching the roadmap. Yep. You know, how do you keep your eyes on twenty miles down the road, not just the mile? And that's where I think those businesses have lost sight. Totally. Um, so what, you know, COVID, everybody's been locked up, everything. Have you acquired any device uh, or anything recently that's kind of made your made your quarantine better? Well, I've definitely upgraded uh, my phones to the 5G. Um, and I'm waiting for my Apple device. So I've got two Samsung devices that I've moved like you have to the 5G uh, to make sure that that's incorporated. Um, I've upgraded my service. I actually live in downtown Seattle. So I was able to actually get up to one gig speed. Um, so I've done that. Previously, I didn't have need for one gig speed mm-hmm. when I would go physically to work to Bellevue 20 miles away from downtown Seattle every day, but staying at home. Um, and then I think other than that, just kind of making sure that um, you know I'm getting out and around uh, and not spending so much time, it's easy, maybe too easy to have an eight go, growing to a 10 hour business day yeah. working from home now. So, you know, I, I think you were asking for a specific example, but I, I think it's just kind of a, a pattern no, um, makes sense. And, and making yep. sure that there's proper allocation so that your sanity remains your sanity. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I totally get it. No, I, and that's a great answer. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about like, obviously 5G is a platform that is going to change everything. What's one of the other platforms that's going to really reign supreme in the future? You know, uh, voice is, is something that's happening right now. What's that? What's next? You know, is it self-driving cars? What, are, what What's going on? Well, I, I think it really just kind of lends itself to the marketplace and the exploration of problems and solutions. So to you and I, maybe it is autonomous vehicles, but autonomous vehicles really requires uh, you know, very low latency and a really strong connection. When you and I are partnering with cities and counties and communities, they're finding that their coverage is not that great. They've known about dead zones and, and holes in coverage. Yeah. And that then is a pitfall for those types of things. But I do think there's going to be um, you know, immediately some medical application mm. since we're in COVID. And I think we're going to see some very innovative, creative uh, ways that we're going to, one, be probably changing our lifestyle. Things that we've always done a certain way will be changing. I think technology will be enabling that. And that's probably maybe my five to 10 mile, uh, you know, roadmap. Mm-hmm. But like you, it's it's so creative and exciting to see what potentially could happen beyond that, we'll get there in time. Definitely. So we've talked a lot about how technology, specifically 5G, but all this different type of technology that's enabled by it is going to change everything in the future. What's something that technology is not going to change? Ooh, boy, that's a tough one. Um, You know, technology has touched so many aspects of our lives today. And even in places where we don't know it's touched it, it has some kind of presence. Um, I don't know. I, I think still recreation and and vacations and and those types of things will still have, you know, uh, you know, kind of an innocence 
without a, a heavy application of technology. Um, I think it'll be in the periphery of those types of applications, but not the predominant, you know, primary, you know, uh, presence that we've seen in business. If you go to the office, technology is obviously there. If you're at home, technology is obviously there. If you're outdoors, connectivity is probably at a basic level for 911 and public safety and uh, general accessibility there. Um, so you and I have to look for places to escape. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that, you know, uh, vacationing and getting away from it, um, whether it's present or not, is probably the only place that technology is not touching. And we're probably doing that on a self-performance basis by saying, I don't need technology or yeah. I don't want technology. And I'm kind of focusing on something different and away from technology. So that's the only thing that really comes to mind to me, Blake. Any thoughts that you had? What are other people? Uh, what have they answered? Well, you can go listen. I, shameless okay. plug. Shameless I think plug. I need to do that. No, no, shameless plug for everybody to go listen to more Let's episodes. No. But, you know, it's, it's a common theme is, you know, I think the one thing that technology is not going to change is that people want to be connected. They want to escape. They, they want experiences together. Um, and so that's just kind of that theme of, you know, travel and vacationing and all of that. Those are experiences and that's what people want. And that's something that technology just can't replace. You know, right. we're sitting here, we're doing these, all these Zoom calls, everybody Zooms from day to day uh, or, or Google or whatever you're on. And, uh, you know, you, you're exhausted at the end of the day. And the one thing I'm still longing for is just hanging out with my buddies, hanging out with right. our friends and, and those things. You know, and and you just can't do it in these times. And I think all the things that has that this crisis and everything has accelerated and everything, it's also just it's left everything still the same. Luke, the escape, all the right, escape, the escape, such the a great escape conversation. without technology. There you go. Yeah, no, I love this conversation. I really enjoyed it. Tell everybody how they can find you online. We'll also make sure it's on uh, the show notes. So uh, two ways. First. Uh, my first name is Luke, like Skywalker, and my last name is Lucas, like George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy to remember, pretty easy to spell. They can typically find me on LinkedIn at a minimum. Secondarily, they can just go to the tmobilebyoc.com site, and there's a contact portion there. And probably third, let's throw that in. They can contact you and you can contact me. Bingo. Exactly. I like it. Well, Luke, I really enjoyed this conversation, like I said, and uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Blake.